Blog Talk Radio. Hello, everybody. Broadcasting live from Mukotillo. Your host, Jason Rendon from Seattle Wine Exchange, and LB Duchess is going to be sending us a message live from Cancun. Lucky her, she's out there in Cancun having the fun. So feel free to call in and join the conversation to 323-843-6090. Hope everybody's doing a wonderful time today. Uh, it was a beautiful day. The sun came out. It was just really awesome. Uh, it's just a really nice day. And it was President's Day, so we were off. Um, today's show is brought to you by Gunnar Nordstrom Gallery and the Pain Center of Bellevue. We are Italian socially savvy travel, including airport savvy, airport and savvy, and international travel savvy. And of course, we'll be covering socially acceptable and unacceptable and socially savvy hints. So I hope everybody's doing great today. Uh, I'm a little jealous. LB's down there in Cancun soaking up the sun. Ah, what can we do? So I have a hint today for uh, socially savvy travel. But before I do that, I'm going to be opening, uh, since we're talking about international and national, I'm going to be opening uh, from Argentina. It's a rosé cava. As spring comes across, we'll be doing more rosés here on the network, and I hope that you guys will enjoy it. If you come down and see our shows, you'll be able to taste some. So as I carefully, with one hand here, hold on. There we go. That wasn't a gunshot. That was some rosé. Uh, I'm going to be drinking out of a classic 1920s champagne glass. Now, what's the difference between our traditional flute and the 1920s, 1930s is that they were more of a deep V shape. And they're made of that classic lead glass, very beautiful. And uh, that was before they really understood about aromas and how the uh, effervescence come up to the wine glass. Um, I have a little sip of this right here, so this is where you a little pause. It's a beautiful, nice cava. Uh, most cavas tend to be a little more drier, which most proseccos tend to be a little more sweeter. But this is a really good, fine balance. Mm. I'm telling you, that's just some wonderful, wonderful cava. Uh, come on down and be able to see it, or taste it, I should say. So my social media is when you're traveling, have all your paperwork in order. When you go through that line, have your passport or your ID and your ticket. When you get ready to go through security, have your shoes off, your belt off, your hat off, your change, your wallets. Put it all in your, your bag and ready to rock and go because you'll go through there fast. If you've got your bottles and your, your water and everything else, you're just in for a word of hurt. So, so my hint is be prepared. Get your bags, your little Ziploc bags, put them all in a row. Walk up to there, take your belt off because if you look like you know what you're doing, the flight attendants are the flight attendants. What am I saying? Jeez. The TSA attendants We'll see that. They'll say, okay, here's the person. They've got their the Ziploc box ready to go, the bag sideways, the laptop's out, the shoe's on top, the shirt's on top, the belt's around there. You're ready to go. Walk through. You're in and out. No time. That's my uh, socially savvy hint. Uh, and also, LB's texting me saying, you might want to think twice about wisecracks when out the airport staying online, which is a very, very, very good point. So with that, I'm going to let LB tell us in her own voice about her international travel tips. Hola from Poolside, Cancun, Mexico. This is your host, L.B. Duchess, enjoying my ties and mimosas. Here to give you our international travel segment. I'm here with some quick tips on international travel and dispelling some of the myths of travel while fresh in my mind for all of our socially savvy listeners. Um, I hope everybody is having a fantastic week, and I want to give a shout-out to Jason again for putting the show together while I am out of vacationing. Thanks so much, Jason. The first tip is to be organized. 
You want to know where you're going, who you're working with, and when things are supposed to be happening. So one of our first suggestions is to set up your transportation through where you're staying for safer and more reliable arrangements. This way you'll be able to identify who you are looking for when you're getting outside of the airport. It's always a good idea to check in with them and find out where they will be waiting for you, what the logo is that you're looking for, and most will actually hold up your name so you know that they are there for you. In Mexico, for example, from the time you get off the airplane until the time you hit your designated travel people, you don't want to be talking to anyone, you don't want anyone touching your luggage, and you want to keep your party together. Um, in Mexico, they have a lot of travel people, they have a lot of people who want to show you tours, they want to show you their, their particular resorts, and they're always going to be kind of trying to coerce you and pull you. Um, you've got people who are at the airport that they want to help you with their luggage, so they're not going to really ask, they're going to grab for your luggage and say they want to help you, and then they're going to expect a tip at the end. So just make sure that your luggage is in a place where you can manage it and control it and that just, you know, say the, the no, thank you, and, and continue moving forward. You always want to make sure that you take your passport so you have easy access and it's protected. And you want to make sure you keep pens with you at all times to fill out whatever forms are required when traveling inside and outside of countries uh, for customs. You want to make sure it's a black or a blue pen. Uh, as with any legal document, red pens are not allowed. If you travel often to a specific country, um, I would suggest maybe taking a photo with your phone of the form after you've got it filled out so that as you go in and out of that country, it's a little bit easier and faster for you to fill out those forms. Um, and one of my big suggestions is to always have a carry-on that has a set of clothes in case your luggage gets delayed. Um, I've found so many times luggage can get lost, it can get sent to another place, and the worst thing is to find yourself at the hotel and you're ready to go out to the pool and you have nothing with you. So on my carry-on, I usually have the following for a sunny destination, a swimsuit, a party dress, um, or or party clothing as if you're a gentleman, uh, full change of clothes, sunglasses, toiletries, all under three ounces and in a Ziploc bag, sandwich bag. Um, and then I have a tendency to load all of my nice jewelry, anything that I'm carrying me, with me that has some value, um, my nicer heels for those ladies who we like our Gucci's, uh, same thing with the gentlemen. You want to make sure you have everything that in a worst case scenario, if you have to survive the rest of the time on T-shirts and flip-flops, you can run down to the store and get those and not be concerned about it. You want to check ahead of time for how to use your phone in an emergency situation. Uh, contact your local uh, carrier. Find out what you can and can't do. A lot of them will have you, you can use your roaming and that kind of thing, which can be expensive, but you want to know what the protocol is for an emergency situation ahead of time. Uh, you can request them to send it to you in a text message so you have it readily available on your phone, or just make notes and then leave yourself a voice, uh, a voice command note in your phone. I think a lot of phones have that capacity. Don't want to deal with checking in your luggage? UPS it to your hotel. Especially if you're staying for an extended amount of time, this has a tendency to be the safest and fastest way to make sure that your luggage gets to where you need it to be. You want to make sure that you're not making stupid comments about bombs, weapons, or drugs when you're in an airport. I know it sounds redundant, and I know for the socially savvy listener, the thought of doing this, you're probably just kind of giggling to yourself, why would anybody do that? But I have to tell you, I hear it, I see it every time we go to the airport, and the people, they do not find it remotely funny. So unless you want an anal inspection, you might want to wait until you're back at home telling the story to input those cute little things about uh, bombs and drugs and such. Um, being a foreigner is not an excuse 
for stupid actions or making mistakes. So you want to be the smart one. You want to ask a lot of questions. Uh, and one of the big, best resources for you to ask questions is contact over email the place that you're going to be staying, um, especially when you're in a foreign country, because you're going to be there affiliated with their hotel for a, a certain amount of time. And they would much rather make sure that you as a guest are a positive reflection on them. So if you have questions on behavior, what to expect, what not to expect, they're going to be pretty ready to answer those questions because they want to make sure that everything goes seamless. They don't want any negative going on. When you're staying at a resort where it's a sunny location, here are some poolside etiquette to consider. You always want to be nice to the staff because um, they bring you the drinks. <laughs> don't infringe on other space. It's rude. Ask if you can join in or move, but don't just slam your chairs, your stuff um, around, and insisting that you take precedence over where they are. Um, I've seen it several times where people, the circumstances of the sun change, and they just throw themselves in wherever. If you planned poorly, don't make that somebody else's problem. You want to think ahead. Um, if you don't know the situation of something, don't expect somebody else to uh, pick up and, and fix things for you. When swimming, you want to be aware of splashing because of the people who are sitting on poolside. It's not to say that you can't have a good time, but just try to be aware of what's going on. When you're sitting poolside, you want to realize that there may be pool water splashed and you need to deal with it or move away. I can't tell you how many times people will be sitting next to the pool and they get their feathers all in a flutter because somebody splashed water on them. Uh, you're sitting next to a pool, so if you don't want the water, then I suggest you sit up off the pool. There's usually plenty of seating. If there isn't plenty of seating, then you may want to get up a little bit earlier and plan a little bit better and not make it somebody else's problem. Um, you don't want to be so drunk that you bother others around the pool. This is one of those things where, yeah, it's fun to be the funny guy around the pool, but you don't want to be the one where everybody looks at him and goes, could somebody please take him away? So try to watch your, wa your um, beverage intake. Try to drink water. Um, and be aware of where you are in your capacity to drink. Another tip when you're hanging around the pool, you don't want to, to feed the birds. They swarm everyone when you do this, and it's like a horror flick for about 10 minutes afterwards. So just like at the zoo, don't feed the animals. When you're poolside, don't feed the birds. It can cause a lot of problems. Um, Keynote, if everyone around you is having this fun and you are getting annoyed, it's time for you to move. Don't make your annoyance their problem. <laughs> A fabulous tip from one of our listeners when we put out for tips for travel. Um, I love what Bo said. She said, be respectful of the culture you're visiting at, and you may enjoy it and come out unharmed. And finally, a big thank you to Mr. Jason for running the show while I'm away. Everyone, have a socially savvy week, and we'll catch you next week stateside. Well, thank you, LB, with your special message from... Cancun. God, I'm just jealous about that. I was in Cabo just recently with uh, all my friends and, and family. Uh, and uh, Definitely great tips for you to use. Uh, in Cabo, definitely, you know, when you get off the plane, they hound you. They're just like everybody. They're trying to make a buck, trying to enjoy it, you know. Uh, have a goal, you know, have a plan when you walk off that plane. So that way you know what's going on. Have your papers in order. And when you're down there, have some fun. Uh, not everything costs money, even though they want to get you, you know, to In reality, they're just like you and I. They want to make a buck. They want to succeed. Um, let's see here. Uh, chocolate Shop Wine, purveyor of all things chocolate, has six different flavors to choose from. Chocolate Red Wine, Cream de Cocoa, Chocolate Strawberry, Chocolate Mint, Almond Roca, one of my favorites in a French toast kind of way. Sparkless Chocolate Red Wine, LB's favorites. You add a little bit of a hibiscus to it. Uh, go to HTTP colon, uh, colon 
forward slash forward slash chocolate shop wine.com to find them. They're really, really a wonderful tasting wine. Uh, Apex has been a really good sponsor of us. Really good, delicious. Their mocha, their um, almond mocha for those guys listening in. Take that. You take your, your French toast. What you want to do is you go to the store and you buy yourself those French loaves, buy it the night before, slice them in about you know an inch thick, and put it aside. It's okay if it gets a little stale. That's what you want. Then in the morning, you crack some eggs in a bowl. The same amount of milk as you would almond mocha. A little cinnamon, done. Dip the uh, bread in it, put it on a pan, cook it. Delicious. Our second wine today that we'll be enjoying is uh, called Acronym. It's a blend from California. I really enjoy it. It's a uh, single blend. It's all red grapes, so you have a little bit of uh, Cabernet, a little Merlot, a little uh, Malbec in that. I know, Malbec. Who knew? knew? But what you're going to find yourself, you're going to have aromas of a a roasted coffee and ripe red berry fruit with flavors of soft vanilla and, and an earthy uh, cedar. I know people go, earthy cedar? Why the hell do you want to drink that? It's kind of really neat, neat taste to it. It's uh, you know, coming out of California. A lot of California wines have been around for a very long time, and people are just, you know, they're expecting something really hard. Hold on for a second. I have one hand on the microphone and one hand on the bottle. All I need is a glass. Check it out. Lovely wine. Um, here we go. I got my little wine glass here. Um, let's see here. It is a ruby red color as it comes out of the out of the bottle. Nice, nice, beautiful, beautiful wine. Uh, very reasonably priced. You can find it at most of your wine stores for about you know fourteen dollars or so. I'll give a quick sniff here. Excuse me for a second. Delicious. Now, I'm a more of a fan of a Washington wine, but then again, I live in Washington, so I'm a little bit more, uh, I don't know, biased. So, moving on, that was our second beverage tasting of the evening. It's kind of weird doing this uh, without LB here. I can't, like, you know, hair taste this and put it in her hand, so we're missing her deeply. So, we're talking about uh, travel. Uh, travel's a wonderful time, you know, get your passports and your IDs in order, and you can actually do it a lot cheaper than you think. Um, look at, uh, while we, we're not sponsoring them, but Kayak is a place to go to a price line. You know, shop around. Uh, the best times to look for tickets and hotels is on Tuesday evening, so I'm told. That seems to work with me. Uh, the reason is, is I don't know. Sorry. <laughs> I, I Talking to my parents and some other friends, they found the best deals on a Tuesday evening. Someone once told me, I think, why. But And the other thing is, you know, maybe different IPs, you know, checking it from the library versus your home. I, there's not a rhyme or reason. But, you know, book early. You'll be able to find the bright price. Uh, package deals. If you're going to Vegas, if you're going to Paris, if you're going to, you know, even down to Florida, Cancun, Cabo, and all that. It's good to find deals where you get the airfare and the hotel stay. Timeshares. Timeshares are an interesting uh, market. I see an idea to deal with. You can go down there and say, we're going to give you $200. This could be Vegas. This could be you know New York. This could be anywhere. Where they say, hey, if you listen for a mere 90 minutes, you can listen to our presentation. And for your time, we'll give you 
$200 in a spa or $200 in tickets. That's up to you, you know, but keep in mind that that 90 minutes isn't really going to be 90 minutes. It's probably going to end up being six hours of them going, you know, if I could buy you today, I'm not saying timeshares are bad. If you've got the money and the time, you know, do your best option and, and figure it out. Yeah, not for me. Sorry. I, I, I'm enjoying my life as it is. I will uh, do a shout-out here to Cascade Ice Waters, a zero-calorie, sugar-free flavored sparkling water that eliminates all the unnecessary, unhealthy extras found in other flavored waters like sugar, sodium, carbs, caffeine, and gluten. Yeah, gluten. I know. Go figure. Follow our blog, their blog at www.cascadeicewater.com forward slash blog. Yes, that's just what they do. It's gluten-free. I, I didn't know that until I looked into it a little bit more. They add the gluten to kind of a thicken it up. So when you look at some of your bubble tea and all that, you might want to research that. Uh, right now, it's a beautiful evening here in Cool, It's clear, kind of a crisp night. Typical Washington weather. Um one of the things that, uh, since I don't have an audience here tonight, uh, I will just kind of jump into it to socially unacceptable, or socially acceptable and unacceptable because blunt works, is uh, LB has said that it's socially acceptable, acceptable to ask travel staff questions until you're sure you understand. Because when you get on the plane or if you get on the boat or if you get in the cab or you get in the bus, if you're not asking the right questions, you could be ending up on the other side of town. And if you're a, a young female or if you're an inexperienced male or if you're an older couple and you're in the wrong side of town at the wrong time, not a good thing. So be sure you answer your questions conc- uh, concisely, clearly. Uh, be Don't be disrespectful. Ask the right questions. You'll be able to, you know, hopefully get your answers correct. Do we say go with... Uh, uh, programs are, you know, bundled options. Is that way you do have the availability that you get off the plane, you have a cab waiting for you. Yes, come this way. Packages. I mean, it, it just takes the headache. You're on vacation. You know, some people say, oh, packages can be more expensive. They can. But, you know, if you got the plane on your travel destination, they pick you up, they got your luggage, they got your travel, they check you to the hotel, they help you check in, you go to your hotel room, you get out, you have that cocktail ready, set the restaurant, boom, you're in poolside. Check this out. Cabo, four hours away. That's right. So if you think about it, six right now, okay? We couldn't buy the tickets right now. Let's just say we buy it tomorrow morning. Take the first flight out, 10 o'clock. I know this because I did this. Fly out, lay over in San Diego, San Diego down to Cabo. Get out the plane, take it to the airport. Hotel room, from your beach side, 10 a.m. in the morning, your beach side, 4 p.m. Serious. It's a great thing. Uh, my socially acceptable is that when you get down there, it's socially acceptable to ask for the things that you were entitled. If you read in the brochure, if you read from the person, if you heard from someone, it's socially acceptable to ask for them. You know, or I would get a you know credit. Ask for it. There are consequences, though, for your actions. If you ask for something to say, well, you know what, you'll get your $200 thing if you listen to our 90-minute show. Be realistic. And it is socially acceptable that when you get to your hour-and-a-half mark or two-hour mark and sit there and say, you know, I'm just, I'm not going to buy. I'm sorry. That's not it. That's their job is to say, hey, are you sure? Are you sure? What if we did it this way? What if we gave you, you know, an orange? What if we gave you an extra credit? What if we gave you this? That's their job. Keep in mind, you know, 
I like to tell everybody that you know they're they're the best friends or no they're there to have a business. They make a commission off of your sale. You in return get this fabulous hotel stay or this uh, timeshare stay and all that. So as long as you keep that in mind, everybody's fine. It's it's a, it's 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 a game. Now, uh, when I last time I went to Cabo, I had to stay six hours listening to the show. The hotel was fabulous. It was. It was just gorgeous. It was just beautiful. It's just something I just didn't want to do, and I told them that. But they tried. That's the prerogative. Uh, one to sit there, and another one is, uh, you know, I don't have another one. I could go on and on about travel because I love to travel. You know, it's acceptable to, you know, get your dollars in ahead of time. You know, your pesos or your French francs and whatnot. Um, socially unacceptable because blunt works. One of the things that I see this a lot is I'll go, I'll, you know, we travel, you know, whether it be San Francisco or New York and all that. And I've seen this in the travel industry is like, you know, people get irritated. Do you know who I am? Or you go through the line and they've got this purse full of crap. And then it's, but it's in their pockets, right? So they go there and like, oh, I only have this. I only have that. Sure. You know, they get that speech. Please take out all electronic equipment, metallic, anything in metal. Please put it on the tray. Take your laptop computers and put it on there. No, people don't do it. They, I'll go through them. You know, if, if you can get in that line, it's says business trip. Take all your stuff out, put it on the tray, be done. It is socially acceptable to go through it and expect other people to wait behind you. It is just, sorry, pet peeve. Um, I'm sure LB has one, but she's enjoying this her cocktail. Ah, I'm so jealous. With that, uh, we're going to talk about the Washington State Wine Awards. We had our interviews while we were there. Great fun time. I uh, hope you all enjoy it. Uh, I'll be right back. Here's the Washington State Wine Awards. Hello, this is LB Duchess with Socially Savvy, and I'm standing here with Stacey Lil of the Lil Cellars. Hi, LB. What a great night. Fabulous night. We're very excited that we get to inter, um, basically interview a bunch of the winners, and we also have Jason here. Hello, everybody. So we'll get back to you with some fabulous interviews. This is LB Duchess with Socially Savvy, and we are so excited to be here at the Washington State Wine Awards. We are sitting here with Bobby Moore, which is the head chef at the Barking Frog in Willows Lodge, as well as Matt Davis, Barking Frog Willows Lodge Wine. He's a head wine buyer. This is why I have you here with me, Stacey. (laughs) Well, I love these guys. You know, they're out in Woodenville, out in my neck of the woods, and so I see them regularly. Well, and here's a little probably best-kept secret. I think a lot of people don't realize, where is the one place that all the winemakers hang out? It's Willow's. They do. Over at Fireside at Willow's Lodge, there's a, and in the Barking Frog, uh, in the bar, there at any given time, you can find uh, usually winemakers from around the Woodenville area hanging out, having a drink, and just kicking back. I love that. So if you're a socially savvy listener, you now have the inside scoop. Don't tell anybody. So, Bobby, tell us a little bit about you guys won some awards tonight, and we're really super excited because, of course, you guys are in the heart of Woodenville. You've been a part of everything almost since the concept of what's been going on. So tell us what awards you guys won. Yeah, I've, uh, I'm celebrating 11 years as the uh, chef at the Willows Lodge, Barking Frog, and we're here at the 11th uh, Washington Wine Awards. And um, we've, uh, we've uh, supported the Washington wine industry all along, and um, we're, I, we just consider ourselves very blessed. 
And um, tonight we won a couple awards, uh, a couple grand awards tonight, which is kind of, it's a, it's a very, it's not kind of, but it's a very, um, it's a big night for us. Um, I'm here with Matt Davis, sommelier of the Willows Lodge, and um, we, uh, we hit a milestone tonight, I think. You know, we've won these grand awards for the Barking Frog in the past, but tonight I'll let Matt talk about, a little bit about the other award that we won because we're so excited about it. So we have Matt Davis with Barking Frog and Willows Lodge here, and you are their wine sommelier, and you basically manage both of them. So tell us a little bit about what has happened tonight. It's been an epic night for you guys tonight. Well, we're really excited. Tonight uh, at the Washington Wine Awards, we were able to uh, celebrate both of the restaurants on our property. We've always been excited about the 12 years of success at Barking Frog with Chef Bobby, but there's a little-known secret on the lodge that uh, Fireside Cellars is the place that winemakers like to hang out. And tonight, along with Barking Frog, Fireside Cellars won a grand award, and we're, we couldn't be more proud. We are so excited for you. And it's been funny because I knew about that because of Stacey Lill. And so I would come in, and, and you don't know. It's one of those great things. Is that you come down, you have wine. You don't even realize you're sitting there with drinking wine with some of the most amazing winemakers in the industry in Washington. It's phenomenal. I, my staff is, is the luckiest staff in Washington to be able to have winemakers around them all the time. Every time we have a question and they ask me, I turn right around and ask the winemakers. It's so great to have that kind of access to great winemakers and great wine. I just couldn't be more happy about it. Okay, so being one of the, the epicenters of wine, what are you guys' favorites? I mean, what do you see has, seems to have the biggest demand in the Woodenville area? Well, that's kind of like picking between kids. You're not allowed to do it. You have your favorites for, for, they're all your favorites, but they're favorites for different reasons. I'm excited about some of the people who have been around forever, like the Lil Sellers, and at the same time, I'm super excited for Avenia, which is uh, Chris Peterson, who used to be the assistant winemaker there, who's finally out on his own making great wine. It's just really cool to see that kind of cycle of, of great winemaking. Well, and for you, Bobby, I know you do so much cooking, and, and as being so aware of wines, you really think about how wines are going to pair with the foods that you're preparing. How does that factor into the menus that you make? Well, we just, we just, it doesn't really factor in at all, actually. <laughs> we just make good food, and there's so many, so many great wineries around us, um, so many great friends around us. Uh, it's just a natural, you know, that's, that's part of the fun. I mean, Matt gets to, you know, Matt Davis gets to try some of the food, and and he's like, oh, wait a minute, that's going to go great with this. And he just gets super excited about it. But uh, we just do good food, and all of our buddies, they make great wine. And, I mean, how can you go wrong? It's a perfect combination. Well, I would agree. And I had the fortune of going to um, one of the winemakers dinners you did at Cave Beat. And the, the food and the wine pairing, I think a lot of people really don't understand the reason that they have a wine sommelier on, on um, staff. It's because you guys really do consciously think about the wines that you're bringing in with the foods that you're preparing. Because a lot of people don't recognize that when you put those two together in a true synergistic way, they literally light each other up like fireworks. It's very, it's true, it's true. It's uh, there's just there's so many there's so many exciting things going on right now for us. Uh, we've got a, a couple of events coming up. Um, Matt Davis, one of his events and. He could talk about that as the, the Golden Grape Awards. It's his baby. Um, in June, I've got the Iron Vintner Challenge. This is, we're going on our fourth year for that. Um, a couple of years ago here at the Washington Wine Awards, we won Event of the Year for that. And uh, just so many exciting things. Um, I just love driving into work every day. There's never a dull moment. But um, uh, right around the corner is uh, Matt's baby, and he could talk about the Golden Grape Awards a little bit. 
Yes, please tell us a little bit about what that is and, and how your basically common wine enthusiasts can be involved. Well, I've always thought the, the sommelier's job is not to make anything, just to put great things together. And, um, you know, I do get excited about seeing a new dish come out of the kitchen and being able to being able to uh, pair that up with something else that somebody else does great. I'm, I'm kind of the ultimate fan. And um, the Golden Grape Awards is sort of an extension of that. So instead of making a award program where we have a whole bunch of quote-unquote experts talk about what great wine is, we ask all the winemakers in the area to submit their wines to a blind tasting, but then put the winemakers back on the panel of judges. So it's all about what winemakers think is really great wine. Oh, I love that. So basically you're telling all the peers to say, hey, what do you like? Blind. Exactly. They end up tasting their own wine with their neighbor's wine side by side, not knowing what's what. And uh, with more than 100 entries, it would be impossible to just cherry pick your own. But it's fun to watch them really see what their neighbors are doing, really see if they're part of that wave that's going into the future and pushing uh, Woodenville wines into some of the best wines that, that are in the state. So for the, the wine novelist or the person who's just getting into wine tasting, how can they be involved? What can they do to be a part of some of these events? Well, for the first time ever, we've actually opened it up to the public. We're super excited. Uh, we're, we always do an award show where we pass out trophies, and we think that that's sort of our little way of, of giving those winemakers the nod and saying if you see that trophy in their tasting room, you've you got to have these wines. It's a great winemaker. But this year, we're actually inviting the winemakers to pour at the ceremony where we're giving out those awards. So uh, you can buy tickets and come and, and see all of these winemakers together in one room, park your car once and taste a whole bunch of different wines, and then see them all honor each other. And it's really cool to see them get excited about, about the Golden Grapes. How oh, very exciting. So wh when should people put this on their calendar? March 3rd, the big day. We're, uh, we're inviting everybody out to the, to the ballroom at, at Willow's Lodge, and we're going to throw a good party. It's gonna be Love it. Well, thank you so much for taking some time, and congratulations on you guys' big win. Cheers. Hello, everybody. We're over here at uh, Washington Wine Awards with Rachel over at Girly Girl Wines, and she's got to us her Pinot Gris. Tell us a little bit about your Pinot Gris. The Pinot Gris of our Girly Girl line is actually our most popular wine right now. It's very refreshing and crisp, and it's on the sweeter end of our Pinot Gris. But compared to California state wines, We feature this a lot in our, our wine station. Chloe is the name for the wine. Very fun, very happy wine to have. You know, what else do you have for you? I see you have a Riesling today. Our Riesling was actually just recently released in 2012 of September. And it's our up and coming. And actually on the Riesling bottle we have here, her name's Sophie, and she has her own story. What's her story? I will actually read it to you. Hi, I'm Sophie. I'm a successful, sophisticated lady who's ready to enjoy the finer things in life. And I'm just getting started. When the ladies and I meet for lunch, there are two things we can always count on. Great conversation and a bottle of Girly Girl Wine. Girly Girl Wine, she's been a very sponsor of our show, Socially Savvy. Uh, we're going to finish up with our Cabernet Sauvignon. Uh, tell us a little bit about that. So our cab actually got 90 points from Robert Parker, which into the retail end of the wine industry and launched our brand into Fred Meyer Steward stores. So you can actually find Girly Girl in any Fred Meyer Steward or QOC Steward stores. And she's Farah? Is that right? Farah. Yes. Farah is awesome. 
All right, we're here with Rachel over at Girly Girl Wines at the Washington Wine Awards. Look for us online. Talk to you guys later. Bye. Hello, everybody. We're over at the Washington Wine Awards, and we're meeting up with Freddie over at uh, KB Estate Winery. He's got three wines he's presenting today. The first one's going to be his uh, 20, uh, 2011 Uncork. Hey, Freddie, tell us about your wine. What do you like about it? Uh, our wines are actually made to uh, pair with food. Um, before getting into winemaking, I was a chef, and so the uh, 2011 Unoaked Chardonnay is uh, it's, it's very food friendly. It's got a, just a kiss of residual sugar to balance the acidity on the finish, um, but very very food friendly wines. What kind of food would you recommend with it? Uh, for the for the Unoaked Chardonnay, it goes really well with light seafoods. Uh, shellfish, raw raw shellfish is best. Um, it does great with uh, salads with a light vinaigrette as well. We had some great being here at the Washington Wine Awards. We had some fresh oysters earlier today. If you, if you guys missed it. It was really awesome. We're going to move on to the 2010 Tempranillo. I'm a big fan of Tempranillo. How is your winery bringing the Tempranillo to us? Where is the winery at? Or not the winery, though, the vineyards. The, the vineyards are in Quincy, Washington. So we're uh, in basically in the center of the state, uh, part of the new AVA, uh, the ancient lakes of Columbia Valley AVA. Uh, we're in the heart of that AVA, right, really honestly in the center of it. Um, our vineyards were the first vineyards in, in the AVA. Uh, first vineyards were planted in 1980. So we've got some of the oldest vines in the state as well. That's awesome. We really enjoy their wines. We had them live broadcast when we were talking about the show. Uh, if you guys missed it, listen in to Socially Savvy, the Washington Wine Awards. Uh, we're going to finish up with his uh, 2009 Cuvée Soleil. Cuvée Soleil, is that right? Did I say that right? And uh, we're going to do a little quick tasting with it, and we're going to let him explain how it is. The Cuvée de Soleil, it's a Bordeaux blend, a blend of 38% Cabernet, 23% Merlot, 15% Malbec, 15% Cabernet Franc, and 9% Petit Verdot. Definitely love the Petit Verdot, the, the, the uh, Cabernet Franc. It's been a very big uh, blend that's big in Washington. That's actually been a single vineyard, and uh, it's definitely going to have a little bit. It's, it's been a really good, you know, tasting wine with us. Uh, Excellent time. You guys enjoy the good wine. We're going to come back. We're going to follow up with another winery. Thanks for coming in. Well, and we were very pleased to have you on the show today for featuring your other wine, so I'm excited to try this one. Uh, it was a pleasure to be on the show, and uh, it's, it's uh, great to have you guys come by the table for a little bit more tasting. Thanks so much. Thanks, guys. On to our next interview. We're here brought to you by Socially Savvy, LB Duchess, and... Candace Pearl with Challenger Ridge. So our first wine we're going to taste today is going to be the Challenger Ridge uh, Pinot Noir 2009. Really good, great color. It's like nice flavor. Uh, LB, tell me, what do you think of your impressions of the wine? Well, I have to say, this has got a very unique flavor to it. A lot of times when people go to drink wine, they think juicy, they think sweet, they think fruity. This is one of those wines that if you're not a big fruity fan or overly sweet fan, you're going to love this because it has more of a subdued, um, a little bit more of an herbal background to it. It's very earthy, very earthy. So what kind of uh, foods would you say this would be really, really well paired with? Kick off and then we're sneezing. <laughs> it pairs great with brie cheese. It pairs great with different um, seafood also. It's wonderful. That's what's great about the Pinot Noir. So what did you think, Mr. Jason? Uh, it's really good for Washington Pinot Noir. It's got good spices. It's not too heavy on the fruit. I really enjoy it. 
We're going to move on to the uh, uh, Mystique, which is a red wine. Uh, yeah, tell me a little bit more about it. This is a blend of Cabernet, of Cab Franc, and Syrah, Petit Verdot, and a little touch of Cabernet. Cabernet. Yeah. And it just won silver at the San Francisco Award. Which That's exciting. I know. Yay. So let me tell you a taste. That's the one thing that we enjoy about the uh, wines that are here. We get to, to sample these great, fantastic wines. The winemakers who have made various rewards and everything else. Uh, this is a fantastic wine. It's got great color. It's got uh, good uh, uh, garnet. It's, it's very nice. This, for me, is one of those wines that I think you can kind of drink without really thinking about it. You, um, The flavors of it kind of have more of a broad band and seem to go with, I don't know, I don't really think of it being as a specific wine, food wine. I think of it as being just a fabulous wine. That's true. However, I have to say, this red wine, I know a lot of red wine does this, but this is amazing with chocolate. Oh, I could totally get that. Wine, wine and chocolate. It is amazing. Well, thank you so much for sharing your wines with us. They are fantastic. Thank you very much. This is LB Duchess with Socially Savvy, and I'm here with Shane Bjorn Holm, and you were EMC tonight for our Washington State Wine Awards. Yes, indeed I was. I uh, have had the joy of doing that before in my life, uh, but this is a whole new realm, a whole new world, as they say. The uh, Washington State Wine Commission pumped it up tonight, put it in Macaw Hall. They blew up almost twice as many people as they had last year, and uh, the pressure was on, man. But I, uh, I think I got out there and had some fun. I was going to say, you know, I was at the awards last year. It was, you're right, it was a much quieter ceremony and, and set up. But this was absolutely phenomenal. The, the um, awards that they gave out, they probably increased, I believe, by like 25%. I think so, yeah. What I loved about this was there's a couple of things that they did. And, and one is they got beyond restaurants, which is so key, I think, in, in this industry. Distributors are so important to all of us because they are just the go-between. They're, they're both necessary uh, friends and, and, you know, they're just comrades and ambassadors and all that fun stuff. So that was great. Retailers, really important. I think, you know, they, they outside of the restaurant floor, there's a whole lot of people that buy wine. And retailers are key to it, right? And so having them on our side is really, really key. Uh, obviously, the restaurants themselves, hotels, tourism. We've got to get people in these vineyards, to get in these wineries. This is, this is where the magic happens, I think and where we excel beyond a lot of big regions because we're just small enough that we have the people that will speak to you. Uh, we have the beautiful vineyards. We've got the beautiful wineries. Uh, and, but you still get to, you get to meet the wine makers, the wine owners, the folks that are working the grapes, working the barrels, all that fun stuff. And that's key. I think that's where connections are forged and uh, emotions happen. You, know? you start loving people versus just what's in a bottle, and that's the key. Well, I love it, and I love your passion about it. So I think it might help listeners if they understand who you are. Uh, so what do I do? Uh, first of all, I am a sommelier by trade. I worked at Camelot's Restaurant for six years in, when I was young. And uh, then I went to the Washington State Wine Commission on a lark as their education director. And someone said, you know, I think Ro uh, it was Robin Pollard who said, you know, we want this guy to come in and kind of consult for us part-time and try to help us spread the word and tell us, who we need to speak to about this and what our education should look like. And I think a week later I had a full-time job because I loved it so much and loved the people. And I, and I remember people saying, all right, you just got your master's only title. You can go anywhere in the world. What in the world are you doing staying in Seattle? You're not married. You don't have kids. You don't, you know, you don't have kids in school. Nothing. Why are you here? And I said, because I, I really want to look like the genius someday. Someday people are going to be looking at me like, wow, this Washington State wine scene is amazing, and you were here first. And it's like, I'm no genius, but it's all about timing in life. And so that's why I did that. 
I stayed there for six years or five years. And then uh, I was lured away by the Court of Master Sommeliers. So I am there. Uh, you can call me officially examination director. I like to think of myself as the master frustrator because I write all the tests that people have to take to get their master's only pins. <laughs> okay, so then when, when I'm 50, which, by the way, I'm going to say it's in seven years, and I go for my master, you're going to be the one to throw me under the rug. Why do Seattle people look 20 years younger? That's insane. No, seriously, when I first moved here from Boston, it's insane. It's that cloud cover nine months a year. Um, whenever you want to take it, come on down. I'm scared because one of the things we were touching base about, the whole um, – I, the only reason that I slowed down my process was because I started socially savvy and then um, went after I was going on um, my my different types of of uh, wines like your Chardonnays and all that, and I realized that was a whole lot of work. And then now you guys have thrown in the blends, and that is throwing the whole thing of trying to learn everything off whack. Yeah, well, the whole thing about uh, the court, obviously, as we like to call it, the court, it's global. And it's understanding the entire world of wine and uh, sort of which regions in, in relation to each other, where do they fit and how do they fit on a, on a restaurant floor. And that's key. So you got a lot to learn. It's no doubt. You know, I, I like to say that you can't see this in the mic, but you've got this much really wide breadth, maybe not so deep, right? Uh, but you got to know a lot of different regions and all that fun stuff. And that's the key. And, and I think what's most exciting for me is in teaching these regions, you know, I go back to my Washington roots and I get to put Washington in the forefront because I understand it better and I can tell where it exists sort of versus say Cabernet. You got Bordeaux, you got Napa, where's Washington in relation to these two very famous places? And I think it's it, quality wise, it's top of the charts alongside. I know that. Uh, but theoretically, uh, it's fun to kind of get that out there to people, which is great. But it's just being with sommeliers for the restaurant floor with the most important, I think, certification for sommelier or excuse me, wine and beverage service in the world. Uh, gives me a great platform to show a lot of different things to a lot of people in Washington, chief amongst them. It's fun. They're fair and they're testing. You know, when you, I, I'm actually working towards my certified, but they're fair and they're testing. They're not like they don't do any kind of trickery. They actually do pure blends, pure straight, pure varieties. So it's really nice for them when you know you can talk to them. Come to a show, come to an event, and you can talk to him. He's a real person. He's not going to go, oh, who the hell are you? He will actually go if you ask a real question, he'll give you a real answer. Well, and this is one of those things. I'm probably going to be coming to visit with you in the next two years because I do want to go for my master. And I realized when when I actually started about four years ago, I looked at the the charts, and when you're going after a master, there were there's no pin yet. Um, and that's the thing is, I realized there was only 27 women who had that title at the time. Yes, and you know we look at that, and every year there seems to be more and more women sitting, and that's great, and that's what it takes. But the percentage is, it seems to be sort of flatlined. And I don't, it's weird. It has nothing to do with the court of master means. It has everything to do with the profession itself. I don't know why women don't do it more often because uh, there's no difference between their abilities and men whatsoever. And to your point, you were speaking about being fair. It's, you know, we don't, we are observing the wi world of wine. We're not setting trends. We're observing them and trying to examine to them. And we, we it's not for us to decide what necessarily makes a great sommelier, what makes a great wine region. It kind of decides itself, and we just observe it and try to tease, test to it. Well, and that's one of the things that's, uh, is that why I slowed down on mine, not because um, I didn't want to achieve it. It's because I wanted to master it. And I think that's one of the things that people need to really understand, and I would love for people to understand, is when you're talking with a master sommelier, this is not somebody who went through 
they, they didn't just go through the courses. They went through with passion. They understand. They eat and breathe and live and drink. And every part of their being is a part of what it takes to get that master. And they get that because it's a passion, not because it's a title. There is no way like anything in the world uh, where there's some sort of heightened certification or observance or achievement. You just don't get there unless you're A, uh, very passionate, or B, completely insane, or maybe a little bit of both. <laughs> and that's the truth. And you look at these master sommeliers, and the first quality we teach in every single one of them is humility. Uh, but the second quality that almost every single one of them possess completely of their own volition uh, and upbringing or maybe DNA is this, this obsession with really understanding everything in a way that they can translate it to guests and make them comfortable with a great wine choice on the floor. And, and that's important. It's like, you know, having gone through the courses, it's humility. It's like they tell you, you're not going to get it. You're going to have to study. You're going to have to practice. You're going to have to look. You're going to have to smell. You're going to have to taste. And that's what's cool about we have him, we have Greg in Washington. We have a lot, and they're, everybody's very approachable. And that's what's cool about, you know, for those young sommeliers that want to try, everybody's approachable. If you want to learn, there are study sessions on, you know, Tuesday, Monday mornings. Where you go there for a half hour, blind tasting. Everybody wants to talk about it because everybody wants to learn. That's what's the cool thing about Washington. I don't know about California or New York or any of that. Washington, everybody's approachable if you're real. Well, that's one of the things that when I, I finished my first section, I finished at 100%. And when I could not finish, um, when I realized that it was going to take a lot for me to grab the varietals, I wanted to understand them. I wanted them to be, like, in my blood that it was going to take a few years. So I've given myself seven years to get to even thinking about hitting my sommelier. <laughs> Just so you know, you process wine through your liver, so it's never going to get in your blood. I'm really sorry. I mean, just, just brief. Okay, you're so messing with my head right now. <laughs> no, I get it. I understand what you mean. And when, when you sit down there with wines in a blind situation, it's the ultimate equalizer, which is what, why we do it. Uh, we want people to say, hey, with no pre preconceived notion. Because once you are told you're tasting a, a Merlot or a Riesling, You've already tasted half the wine from your past experiences with those, and they may not taste like anything like that glass. So we love that sort of blind situation, not because we want it to be a party trick or we want to flub people up. We want them to get rid of all the preconceptions and really look at a wine and say, hey, what does this smell like, look like, taste like, and it does it sort of fit in a classic mode of what we think Bordeaux is or what we think Washington State Syrah is or Napa Valley Cab or Kunawara Shiraz or whatever it may be. So that's the reason we do it, and I love it. And for me, it was the it, I love not knowing because I tasted much better than if I did know because as soon as someone said something or power suggestion had me making stupid thoughts all over the place, and I wasn't tasting the wine. So it's actually a relief. I love that. So just one last question. Um, so many people come in to restaurants, and so they look to a master sommelier, which we are very fortunate in Washington. There are several sommeliers and master sommeliers. Um, what is the one thing that uh, they should expect when they ask for you guys to come by the table? Well, first of all, shameless plug for Washington State Sommelier scene, if I may, because it really is awesome. Uh, I've been so proud to be a part of it. And, you know, you think back 15, 20 years, there's maybe 10 sommeliers in the whole state that had that title. And now there are, what, 50, 60, 70, and it's blown up all the time, and their quality is amazing. And, um, because of that, because these guys, whether they're in the quartermaster sommeliers, whether they're doing it on their own, because you certainly don't need the court to say you're a great sommelier, whether uh, they're doing other things like international sommelier guilds, 
uh, it doesn't make a difference. If you have the passion and you care about it and you realize, and the majority of them do, that the guest's perception, their happiness is your only reality, they will do anything for you. And I think people get so intimidated by these guys because of things like pins on our lapels and big titles. In the end, I have yet to meet a successful sommelier that does not um, put people at ease, get way beyond that to say, hey, listen, you and I are the same people. We both started out at this table wondering what the difference between a white Zinfandel and a regular Zinfandel were. We're all the same. And those are, those are the guys that I think get through it all, title or no. And that's what I think uh, most people, if they're, I think we'll get that in Seattle and other places in Washington. You just need to trust that and say, listen, this is where I'm at. This is what I like. This is what kind of money I have to spend. This is what kind of food we're going to have. This is the occasion. What do you What do you suggest? And if you don't like it, tell them. Every sommelier will take it back in a second and try something else. I love that. Thank you so much for taking some time today. Very well, you're very welcome. It's an honor to, to speak on Socially Savvy. You guys are awesome. Thanks for doing this. Thanks. Have a Socially Savvy week. Uh, you too. All right. That was awesome. We had Blaine, Master Sommelier here in Washington. We have another one, Greg Harrison, Harrington. He's also Master Sommelier. He's the winemaker at Gramercy Cellars. Uh, that was such a fun time. Uh, going to that event, tasting some wonderful wines. That's the one thing you said about wine simulators. It is true. Everybody is very approachable. Uh, I've been doing it for a number of years, and you know the hard part is really tasting and tasting and tasting and tasting. And I think when you're done, taste some more. Um, especially going through the classes. I know I've been working on my second level, my certified. It's been really, really hard. I don't know. Is everybody still there, still listening in? You can dial in at any time at 323-843-6090. Woman's Wine Company designed to serve women who are young at heart and enjoy their girl time in their daily life. Girl to Girl Wines are donated as part of their proceeds to help fund breast cancer research. Check them out at www.girlywines.com. I also want to talk about the wooden passport to passport to Woodenville. Um, they're coming again. They're going to be April twentieth and twenty first there in Woodenville. Uh, you're really going to have a really great time there. Uh, you can um, you can go visit them at uh, Brown Paperback Tickets, but the easiest way is just go to WoodenvilleWineCountry.com and all the details are there. It's uh, they're located thirty minutes south of, or. Three minutes from Seattle, Woodville's unique haven for wineries, large and small, um, share a single passion for crafting world-class wine. Uh, come there uh, April 20th through 21st from noon to 4 p.m. for this much-anticipated wine tasting weekends. Tickets are $65 for a Sunday only for Saturday and Sunday pass. I, I, I don't know about you. Two days, $75 divided by two. All the wine that you can drink. Okay, I'm just kidding. You get tastings of each place. You get a, you can get on the bus, go for each winery. You, know, you pick up your passport booklets, wine glasses, the Columbia Winery. Uh, you need to pick a, uh, need to bring a copy of a confirmation when you buy the tickets, and then you're on your way. Uh, you'll be able to take care take care of the buses. They, they stop at each stop where you can taste different wines. And you usually get a, almost a glass full of each stop, and you're with as many wineries there, Woodenville. You're not going to go thirsty, really. This is really a fun time. Uh, remember, go check them out at Passport to Woodenville. Make your uh, buy your tickets now because they're going to go fast. We'll be there. Uh, we believe we're going to be there both days, and we're, depending on where it's going to happen, 
I think we might have a table there so you can come see us and win some fabulous prizes. But we'll let you know. That's just a hint. Other than that, well, I hope you had a fabulous time listening to the Washington Wine Awards. That was at such a fabulous center. Uh, we had a host of different wineries there tasting their the lovely wines, both here in Prosser and Woodenville and Walla Walla. Just a really great time. Let's see here. What else we got going on today? Uh, with the show going national, we have uh, started putting all our local events on our Facebook page. Be sure to check them out uh, for our social events throughout the week uh, at LB Dutchess and Socially Savvy. We want to thank our sponsors for this show, Leon Sellers, Gunnar Nordstrom Gallery, Posh Magazine, the Pain Center at Bellevue, Bellevue Nordstrom Cosmetics, Schwartz Brothers Restaurants, Kind Bars, Pop Chips, and House Wines, not to mention uh, Seattle Wine Exchange. And I, I want to bring up something. Next week, we're having, are you ready for this? We're having our two-year anniversary. That's right. Two years. So let me get you some information on what's going to be happening in these two years. Hyatt there in Bellevue, and uh, it's 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 going to be a huge party. Uh, actually, they're going to it's a two year anniversary, and we're going to kick off our third year with some exciting announcements and additions. Tickets are complimentary for the first thirty RSVPs. All we ask that you make sure you get us on Facebook. And uh, thank the ninth sponsor for the event. That's really what it is. We'll include appetizers, wine tasting, swag bags. And you know our swag bags are awesome. I mean, really, they're not little coupons or real swag, as in, like, real stuff. Um, we'll have uh, – they're, they're going to be worth over $75. We'll have prizes over $500. So that means you got to show up. Can't call in. Can't put your name down and walk away. Must be there to participate. The amazing Gunnar Nordstrom, he's a sweet guy, he's located for our show and cocktail party. Then after our show at 8 p.m., we're going to go up and socialize up to Daniel's. And the rest of that's a secret, so you're just going to show up. Uh, sponsor this show, you, The Little Cellars, oh, wonderful wine. Uh, Daniel's Broiler, Girly Girl Wines, House Wines, Chocolate Shop Wines, Seattle Wine Exchange, Pop Chips, Kind Bars, Apex Sellers, Cascade Ice, Norsum Cosmetic. you got to love it. You're just going to have to show up. Uh, you could call in. Again, that number is 323-843-6090, but you really need to be there. Seriously. I'm going to follow up here on our travel plans. I did a little research. I was listening to the Wine Awards. The best things to do is when you – whatever – uh, website, whether it's kayak.com, priceline.com, expedia.com, join their ticket sales email. Yeah, you get a little bit of a spam, but you may log in one day and you have your discount sale to Cabo for $200 or your discount travel to New York for $600, which is a good price. No, not really. About Paris. I got Paris in the mind. Uh, for my anniversary, we're going to go to Paris. And right now, the tickets are sitting at $600. If you plan ahead, the tickets are there. Uh, we're going to end the show uh, tonight with a glass of the Chocolate Shop Bubbly. I have some here that I've opened up, and uh, I'm having it with a little piece of cheesecake that I made earlier. 
Uh, we want to remind you to like us all on the Facebook page, Socially Savvy, and to be entered in our drawing for prizes from our secret sponsors and to subscribe to the show. So you never know what's going to happen. You know, uh, I know sometimes listening on Mondays is kind of hard, but if you like us, you know, you enter for a drawing, you win some sweet stuff. Uh, we had our winner, Tiffany. I won't say her last name. Oh, she won the uh, Vince sinking, sinking tickets. She had a fabulous time. Um, so I just want to sit there and say, you know, thanks for listening in. Uh, make all your social events that you attend better because you were there. Have a socially savvy week and enjoy the interviews. Uh, the Wine State Awards. Uh, look forward to you next week. We're going to be at Gunnar Nordstrom Gallery there in Bellevue. It's our second year anniversary and the start to the third. All right, guys. Hope to see you soon. Bye.